Justin Verlander, no hits the Twins for six innings. Couple late rallies against the Astros bullpen, but not enough in a 4-2 loss. We're going to break it down on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Lockdown Twins postcast. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins, Nash Walker, here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mr. Brandon Warren. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Go to LinkedIn.com to post your job for free. That's LinkedIn.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. So, Brandon, Justin Perlander tonight going against Aaron Sanders. Kind of a crazy game. Astros win it 4-2. What's your takeaway? Well, I can't be the only one surprised that Verlander came out after 91 pitches in six innings. But if he wasn't going to go the distance, you may as well turn it over to a pretty decent bullpen. And then Ryan Stanek, Will Smith, Hector Neris, and Brian Abreu kind of take it from there. Twins did make it interesting at the end, but... Just like I said last night, anytime they come into a spot where they need something, guess who's batting? It's whoever is least well-equipped for that situation. And in this case, it was Jake Cave, who is wearing the golden sombrero with four strikeouts, including the one that ended the game. So not not great. Showed a little fight at the end, but again, this is not what you want to see. And (laughs) a lot of stuff that went on during the game, too, between – Jose Altuve and Aaron Sanchez coming out of the game and a lot to get to. I think people forgot and like rightly so because of how he was last year and in 2020. I I don't quite remember what he was like in the COVID season, but Jake Cave used to be like a solid plug and play platoon left-handed outfielder who could like bat fifth against a, a righty and you feel fairly confident. Like these days, it feels like he can't, even hit right-handed pitching at the major league level. I, I don't, I don't know if that's like a complete drop off. What do you think that is Brandon for Jake cave? Cause I was like, I used to tweet in 2019 that he had better numbers than Eddie Rosario. And that's so far from true. I mean, Eddie has not had a good year, but just saying yeah. where cave has come from. Yeah. He's a perfectly decent fourth outfielder, frankly, a good fourth outfielder and a second division starter, someone who might start on a team like Detroit right now, back in those days. So yeah, it, I don't know if it's just the the shelf life of a a short term big leaguer or what it is, but it just um, you know he, he was he was phenomenal for St. Paul this year, and I don't know that we have enough of a sample size or a consistent sample size to say that he's completely cooked in the big leagues. But it certainly looks like it. I know it's been a few games here, a few games there, and now he's only been up for a handful of games. But I I don't think this is a guy who's going to last the the off season on the forty man roster, especially with the additions they have to make. So. It's a tough spot, but yeah, it sure would have been nice to have uh, someone to come off the bench there and hit because it was definitely not happening for Cave there. Reese Walter says Sanzas look good in the bullpens. Cole Sands left this game, um, took a comebacker. But one of my takeaways, I know the Twins lost, and this has been such a disappointing second half overall so far. 
Aaron Sanchez, Cole Sands, Trevor McGill, uh, and Emilio Pagan combined to give up four runs on the road in Houston with like their A lineup on the field. And that was to me like this pitching staff has battled and they've battled the last couple weeks. And you have to give credit where credit's due. And they again gave the Twins a chance to win tonight. I mean, they were a single away from tying that game in the ninth inning in a game where Justin Verlander no hit that for six innings. Right. And they were in a spot too where that Mancini double probably gets caught by anybody who's played center field for more than a couple of seasons in the big leagues. So it wasn't like the Twins got laughed out of the building. This is a, a Houston team that wins close games. They win a lot at home. They win a lot against the Twins. In fact, I looked it up. In the Rocco Baldelli era, the Twins have a sub-500 winning percentage against just four American League teams. And it was the usual suspects. It was the Yankees, um, Red Sox, Astros. And then I want to say it was like the A's or something weird. And then the Angels, they were exactly 500. So the Twins have been obviously pretty good under Baldelli. But for whatever reason, Houston's had their number. And outside of the Bregman-Homer, though, like it didn't feel like that forceful of a loss. Now, granted, Ryan Presley didn't pitch. And it's... um, you know, it's still not the Astros who also had Correa and also had George Springer, but it's still a pretty dang good Astros team, and the Twins did not look completely outclassed, although it was 4-0 going into the ninth, and I know neither you nor I nor anyone listening thought they had a chance to win that ball game, and frankly, they, they still didn't. They almost came close, but they still didn't. Good example of that is uh, Dusty going to Ryan Stanek, who has like a 130 ERA this year. And then in a hot ninth inning, goes to Brian Abreu. We didn't even see Rafael Montero or, as you said, Ryan Presley tonight. Like, it's just an embarrassment of riches there, especially in the pitching department. Framber Valdez is going to go tomorrow against Dylan Bundy, who's actually been pretty good. We'll preview that. But first, let's talk about this weird this weird situation between Jose yeah. and Aaron Sanchez. Rocco Baldelli comes out. It counts as a mound visit. Rocco's eventually tossed. I mean, is this something or nothing for you, Brandon, after the fact? It, it started as nothing because, to me, watching the replay, the ball glanced El Tuve. It, like, if you weren't looking that closely, you'd think, did it hit him? Now, maybe I saw it poorly on my phone because I was watching it on my phone. But to me, it seemed like a great big nothing burger. And then... You know, they just kind of jawed back and forth. I don't know if there's beef there. Is there Houston-Toronto beef from five or six years ago? Because Sanchez, obviously, you know, he came up with the Blue Jays. He was a mainstay prospect for them, had a, a couple decent to very solid years. I think he won 16 games one year. But the, the, I'm just at a loss for what exactly caused that to go the way it did because Sanchez has pitched for the Twins now – Twice this season. I don't think they had any dust ups when he was with the Nationals earlier in the season. So none of it made sense. And then, too, uh, I don't know who you blame for missing that that was considered a mound visit. I think the rule is if you cross the foul line, it has to count or that can be counted. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think your bench coach should notice that, but you really can't say a manager shouldn't notice that it's called that. And you've probably got someone tracking those things, not only on the scoreboard. But, you know, you always see managers with those little cards in their hands, whether it's for switches or or any number of things that they need to do during a game. I don't know who to blame specifically, but I feel like the blame falls on a lot of shoulders for them not seeing that because Dick Bramer saw it from 200 or 100 yards away. Somebody on the field has to see it and say something. 
that was uh, as a, a hopeful play-by-play broadcaster one day. That was uh, impressive. Yeah, <laughs> listening to that, super impressive. Masterclass, Dick. Yeah. Dick Masterclass. I probably should, <laughs> probably should say that differently. Richard Masterclass. There we go. In Houston, Josiah says, "Would y'all call anyone to help this team, and who would you call?" I mean, Warner's the clear candidate there, but he's not really hitting that triple A, and he also strikes out a lot too. But at this point, like. Brandon, do you think Cave's a better option than than a rookie Walner? I mean, I think it's debatable. I'm not. That's not a uh, metaphorical question. Like, I think it's debatable. Yeah, I mean, how much are you fast tracking Walner? Does he have to be added at the end of the season? Because if so, I wouldn't be upset about seeing Walner over Beckham or Cave. But at the same time, that's a lot to put on his shoulders on a guy who, at his lowest, might be Daniel Palka 2.0, and at his highest, might be Adam Dunn with a little better defense. So. Yeah. You there there are teams who will bring guys up like that and it'll put a charge into their team and it's the best move they ever made. And maybe that's something they could possibly do. But I also think it's asking an awful lot of a guy who has not hit the ground running or hitting, as it were, at St. Paul. Um and I again I don't know if they have to add him at the end of this season. That's part of the calculus because they've got a whole bunch of guys they have to add this year that they're not going to make unnecessary additions to the 40 to make that bottleneck at the end of the season. If the upgrade is only negligible at best. For as bad as, yeah, I agree with you. And, and maybe, um, maybe, maybe Michael Hellman, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a name that comes to mind for me too. Because he's right-handed. Um, Did you see well, he, um, Go ahead. He just jumped into their top 30. I think he's 30th yes. on MLB yeah. Pipeline. Yeah. So if you listen to Lockdown Twins today, it's an interview with Michael Hellman. So oh, if you boy. Want to, if you want to hear from him, yes. uh, fans, so go over to Lockdown Twins. Brandon, for as bad as last year was, we did have some really – this is baseball. It's the beauty of baseball. You have some really fun storylines, some really good things that happen. And in within this game early on, that just felt like it was over before it started. Like the Twins were – I think the Twins were – the Astros are minus 325 tonight in Vegas. I've never seen the Twins as that big of an underdog. So, like, by definition, they were – this is one of the, the widest spread before we start yeah. the game of the season. But Jose Miranda had such a great plate appearance against Justin Verlander and then comes through in the ninth inning. We just see it over and over. And against, the, like, the tough, the toughest right-handed starter in baseball. It's just so awesome. To, to me, as a dad, it's kind of like when you watch – your child in front of you learning something and the second it clicks and they pick it up and you can sense that it's kind of those wheels are spinning, but then it's something a little more advanced where that process starts over again. And I feel like not to overuse the master class or whatever, but Verlander is like the final boss in a lot yeah. of ways of things you're going to learn about how a pitcher is going to set you up. Yep. What a guy with good, but not the stuff he had 10 years ago stuff can do to you if he gets you looking away, looking up, looking down, and then bends a, a breaking ball over that you never even see coming. Watching his growth in real time, if if this team finishes 82 and 80 or whatever, um, that could be the main storyline outside of will they get Carlos Correa back, what's the deal with Byron Buxton, whatever. But Jose Miranda's growth has been such a great, great storyline, and um, – no, you, you just you can't understate it. Verlander's like today's cranky with like exponentially better stuff. Just like the mind. Yeah. Cranky can still get through very good outings. But like Verlander's that smart with that much experience and he still has the stuff, which is it's a nightmare. 
Well, and, and it's it's interesting when guys reach a certain level that, uh, you know, it was guys who had big time stuff when they were young. And Verlander moved on. He kept going after that lull. Felix Hernandez couldn't. Tim Lincecum couldn't. There's there's a list of guys who, who don't make that that kind of second Johan. leap. I'm yeah, Johan. Too, a lot yeah. of guys, a lot of guys don't make that second leap. And you know, again, hats off. The guy's going to be 40 next year. I I did a number for him, and um, he's got a sub two ERA in his age 39 or older season. Only three times in the last 110 seasons has a pitcher thrown 140 innings with a sub two ERA. It was him, Roger Clemens, and then um, oh, the old knuckleballer. Uh, I All right, Dickie. No, 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 no. Wilhelm, Hoyt Wilhelm. Old, 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 old. Like 1964. Sorry, Dickie. Like when I was. Younger. Yeah. See, for you, all right, Dickie's old. For me, it's uh, no. Hoyt Wilhelm back in the 60s. So just okay. an incredible season he's having. There's no shame in losing to him. But um, man, he was good. Before we go, Bundy from Rivaldez, um, no Buxton, which makes this lineup against lefties even worse. But yeah, Valdez. I mean, you just gotta hope for the best here. This this matchup is a little bit different for me, just because Verlander has been he's the Cy Young favorite right now by a mile, and especially with Cease getting roughed up tonight. But this is a little bit different, a little bit of a let up with Valdez, but not much. And then Bundy, you feel a little bit better about Bundy than you do Sanchez. Am I right with that, Brandon? Would you agree? Yeah, I think Sanchez. You know, he's he's capable enough. A team like the Twins who wants to be catching up to other teams in a divisional race probably doesn't want to start a guy like that, but there's no reason he's not starting for Kansas city every fifth day for a full season, just to get a look at him. Uh, Kansas city is a bad example because they've got all those young pitchers, but you know what I mean? Um, With, with Bundy, I mean, it's going to be five and dive, get to the bullpen. Hopefully you scratch three or four across against Valdez. Some of your grounders against him sneak through on the fast surface. But other than that, yeah, it's going to be another low-scoring game if the Twins have any chance of winning. And um, I don't know. Hopefully when we talk tomorrow at this time, uh, it's going to be a big W. We always try to find a silver lining. They didn't use any high-leverage bullpen arms tonight, so hopefully that is the silver hey, lining. Hey, respect Cole Sands. Yeah, it's true. Respect Cole. He's moving into that. He's moving into that role. And maybe. We'll He's looked pretty good. Storyline. We'll see. Thanks, yeah. everybody, for joining. Brandon, thank you. Twins lose again, but guess what? We're still here. We don't care. There was this narrative that we don't come when they lose, but like we're here. We're in hotel rooms. Brandon's up at his in-laws. Like we're here, man. This is what we do, and we'll be here all year long. Brandon, thank you. We'll talk soon.